Hey guys, we're talking about something that's very important to us in changing the culture, and that is marriage. But in order to get married, there's dating. And tons of people are having problems with finding people to marry. Yeah, this I mean, dating issue. We get messaged and asked in conversation and talked to a lot about, like, can you guys help us meet Do you someone? know someone? <laughs> yeah. Do you? So it's a huge problem for young people today, boys and girls. Today's video, we are talking specifically to young ladies, and we want to talk about sexual market value. We will follow up this video with a dating advice video for younger girls in our next video. We need older people to come back and say, hey, if I was in your shoes, here's what I would do. For guys, the three points of sexual market value are strength, mastery, and courage. You know, guys size each other up on like how strong is he, how masterful is he at what he does, uh, and how courageous as a man is he. And that's from the book The Way of Man by Jack Donovan. It's a really good read. So then we were like, okay, surely if there's three attributes for high value guys, there would be three points mm -hmm. for high value girls or things to aim for yeah. as young girls. And so number one was beauty. You know, guys are attracted first and foremost to beauty. Uh, number two, helpfulness. Uh, you know, God says it's not good for a man to be alone. He will make for him a helpmeet. So how helpful is a lady to his life? And then third is cheerfulness. You know, you get these relationships where the woman resents the man, does not respect him, uh, does not want to cheerfully adapt to what he is doing. And so those are the three topics we want to dive into today because the point of understanding sexual market value is you can understand how can I make myself the most valuable girl possible to where I can attract the most high value guy possible. That's a good thing to aspire mm -hmm. towards. You want that. And yeah. I don't think many girls realize that they can change the type of guy who is attracted to them by how they handle those three things of beauty, helpfulness, and cheerfulness. And so mm -hmm. those are the three topics we want to talk about today. The first being beauty. So there's two ways to go with beauty. One is the obvious way of outer beauty. And we all know guys are attracted to girls and that is a good thing. And so because of that, do the best you can to make yourself as beautiful as possible. A lot of girls are like, well, I'm not pretty or I'm not naturally beautiful. Or I didn't get the pretty jeans or whatever. It's like the easiest way to start is fitness. Make sure that you are eating well, that you're working out that you are keeping your figure fit. Yeah. And to be very practical with that is that doesn't mean you have to go become a CrossFit gym member or, you know, go crazy with spending all of your time working out. That can be very simply making sure you're going on walks, having some weights at home and following a YouTube video on weightlifting or doing 30 minutes of a hit workout, there's a lot of options. Stretching, doing morning stretches. Think of ways that you can put a activity that will keep you fit into your lifestyle that you can, will enjoy enough for you to keep doing it. This is very important. This is not yeah. only important for when you're single, it's important to do even after you're single because Proverbs 31 says that she did her husband good and not harm all the days of her life. And so you can apply that scripture to many areas of your life right now because that's all the days of your life. Before you meet your husband and after you meet your husband, you can be doing your husband good and not harm. And that is by taking care of your body. So not only your figure, but also your health. Mm -hmm. Don't go to fast food places. That will destroy your health. It will destroy your hormones. 
try to eat as healthy as food as possible as you can afford. Obviously, when you're single, money is tight, but do what you can with what you have. If you can't afford organic, buy whole foods and cook whole foods at home from scratch. And this also includes not going on birth control. And you may be like, why would birth control have anything to do with talking about beauty? But it does have a lot to do with beauty. Birth control affects your hormones. When you're on birth control, it stops you from being able to smell the pheromones of men that you are attracted to. So I know that that sounds wild, but it's something to think about. And when it comes to makeup, I think makeup is fine. If you look at makeup as a tool, use makeup to accentuate your natural features. Don't go crazy. I remember for my wedding trial um, makeup, I went to someone <laughs> and when she got done doing my makeup, I didn't even recognize myself. And I was like, if Scott sees me walking down the aisle like this, this is gonna be a disaster. So I did not go to her. A lot of guys don't want Barbie doll, crazy caked makeup that, you know, that's like going the other way, but Accentuate your eyes, you know, if you be have, confident. If you have some pimples, you can cover yeah. it up with foundation. Yeah, that's and great. It's a tool. It's a tool. And mm -hmm. I recommend, if possible, again, to try to get as non-toxic makeup as possible. Mm -hmm. Again, it's best for your hormones to avoid any harsh chemicals, which is often found in the beauty industry. And then that ties into hair. So I didn't know this when I was young, but most guys really like their girls to have long hair and long natural hair yeah not crazy dyed colors and stuff i didn't know that guys liked long hair so i had short hair my entire life and then when i was 23 i happened to have a thought which i feel was the holy spirit of you know i'd like to get married soon and i want to have long hair for my wedding day so i'm gonna start growing my hair out and then it was like two years later that i ended up meaning Scott, which I praise God for because I had long hair at that point. But that's just something to think about now. I know a lot of times girls, all of a sudden they had long hair and they chop it off. And I'm like, no, no. like that was an easy way mm -hmm. to all of a sudden get points from guys that you didn't realize that you would get. And I think the spiritual kind of principle at play here that a lot of guys don't understand, but long hair is a woman's covering. And so cutting it short like a man is a form of rebellion. It's a form of saying, I don't have to play by the feminine masculine rules. I can do what I want. I can be free and uh, still be a strong, independent woman. And it's like, yeah, that's that's a spiritual principle that's happening here. Yeah, it's, it's becoming and androgynous, mm -hmm. which our culture is very much encouraging, which ties us into the way you dress. I mean, if you go out in the world today, there is not a whole lot of separation between how men dress and how women dress. Men are attracted to femininity. And so if you can make your... If you want a strong masculine man, if you want an androgynous man, you can dress androgynously. Exactly. Yeah. It's the polarization. Yeah thing. I was talking to, when we lived in a little neighborhood a few years ago, I was talking to my 90-year-old neighbor and she told me she was shocked in the 60s when women started wearing pants and how she was like, these women walked around and they looked like men wearing pants. And at that time, that's all I wore was jeans. I did not feel comfortable wearing dresses and I come from more of like an athletic wear type of stuff. So this is coming from someone who actually did, felt unnatural wearing feminine things because I was in the androgynous funnel for yeah, so long. Yeah, you wore a lot long. of baggy athletic 
stuff. And I thought that was cool. Like, I yeah. thought guys liked girls that looked athletic. And it does. It, it's okay to look athletic when you're working out. <laughs> but to go out in public on a normal day wearing athletic clothes, it's probably not your best look. You want to wear clothes that make you feel feminine. Because I feel when you feel feminine, your confidence level goes from here to here. It's like, wow, I feel like a feminine, beautiful lady. And so wear dresses, wear skirts. You are, again, on the polarization, you are making yourself more feminine and more beautiful to very masculine guys just by wearing beautiful dresses and then understanding your color palette. This is something we've recently discovered because Scott found this book for me at a thrift store. It talks about how each person has a different color season that accentuates their eye color, their hair color. There's a lot of resources on the free resources Mm -hmm. on understanding your color palette on YouTube, all over the internet. So just type in what is my uh, color season and you can start figuring those things out. And when you understand that, you can then start going clothes shopping or thrift shopping with a mindset of these are the colors that look good on me. Mm -hmm. These are the types of outfits, even dresses. Not all dresses look good on different body figures. So try dresses yeah. on yeah. in the dressing room and see like does is this flattering for me yeah. is this not flattering for me bring a friend who's honest and start understanding those things now another word on fashion is trends right so you get all these modelly fashiony type people who a lot of trends are like i'm going to show people how confident and hot i am because i can wear the ugliest thing and still be confident and that's how trends start that's how you get all these college girls wearing t-shirts down to their knees with no pants or wearing mama jeans with like cut off cropped t-shirts and it's like you look terrible but because everyone else is doing it you're you're yes. doing it don't follow trends be fashionable fashion means something that makes you look good it makes you look classy it makes you look feminine that's what you want to do. You don't have to like trash your whole wardrobe today and like go and spend a whole bunch of money to flip your whole wardrobe. These are things to start being aware of and you can slowly over time start building a wardrobe that is flattering for you. And I do encourage you to not go to these fast fashion stores where you're getting cheap polyester stuff that's gonna wear out in a year. Try to get things made of natural fibers, cotton, linen, wool, those are things that'll last for a really long time. Again, they're natural, so they're better for your health. That's the physical side of beauty. Now, I do want to talk about Proverbs 31, where it says, charm is deceitful, beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. So there is an aspect of physical beauty, but if your only focus is on physical beauty and not on making yourself virtuous, then you're going to have really big problems. You want to focus on your virtue equally, if not more than your physical beauty, because that is what's going to make you radiant. That is what's going to make you shine through your outer beauty is the virtue that you carry on the inside. And they're both important. You know, a lot of beautiful girls are like, oh, you know, I know I'm beautiful. Why will no one marry me? And you have a string of boyfriends. It's, well, the virtue side is missing. And then there's a lot of virtuous girls who are like, well, no one's picking me. It's like, well, maybe the beauty side is missing. You need to work at both. You know, you want to be virtuous and beautiful. And now we'll talk about the virtuous side of a woman. So it, that comes in the form of helpfulness and 
cheerfulness. It's not good for a man to be alone. I will make him a helpmeet. One of the points of value for a lady is to be her husband's helpmeet, to be helpful to him, to uh, help him all the days of his life and not harm him. Yeah. And something that you can start doing now, again, help all the days of his life, is you can learn skills now as a single girl that you will be able to bring into your marriage, that you will be able to use to serve your husband. And there's a lot of things with this that you can start practicing, very practical things. One is cooking. If you can learn skills in the kitchen now before you meet your husband, you will be bringing a great service to your husband by being able to make nutritious, wholesome, and delicious food and start like small learn how to make spaghetti learn how to make really good simple meals i lived on top ramen and sweet potatoes i was saying sweet potatoes and, and rice boiled eggs mixed together <laughs> so praise god that my wife cooks for me and that was something that I didn't know. I wasn't very skillful with my cooking and I got married and I quickly realized that I wasn't going to do it. <laughs> well, and this is a really like easy, simple way for me to add value to our household is by learning to cook food from scratch, not only for our health, but also for our budget. Being able to cook food from home is way better for your budget. Yeah, that's than... one of our like top when you came home from work, because we, we were both working our jobs and eating out. And we were like, man, going down to one income is going to be so hard for us. But you just started planning all of our meals and cooking meals. So immediately our expenses just almost halved. Yeah. And, you know, I would say I thought I was cooking from scratch when I was working, mm -hmm. but I was working at Trader Joe's. So I was like buying a lot of pre-made things that make you think you're cooking from scratch because you're putting things in a pot. But it's way different when you have just ingredients and you're making food from ingredients. Which was then a, an even greater addition to our financial life was when you started researching into bulk food buying because it's like our costs even went lower after yes. that. So this is a huge part of helping is household management, is finding ways to run the household effectively, efficiently. And you can start doing that now by getting good at the things that it takes to run and manage a household. So that looks like being confident with stewarding your money. When I was a young girl, I had a lot of fear with money. I wanted to avoid it. I didn't trust myself with it. And then after getting married, I discovered through Scott, Robert Kiyosaki, and he has a game called Cash Flow. And what's genius about this game is he makes money and using money and stewarding money, a game that you can win. And all of a sudden, my attitude towards money shifted because it's like, wait a second, I can spend less than I make. I can learn how to shop in a way that I'm not spending all of my money. I'm actually saving money. And then you're learning self-control, that you don't need everything that you lay your eyes on. And so if you can start learning those things now, that is a very valuable skill. If you look at marriage problems today, most of it come in the form of money. I think money is the number one issue. And so if you can start, and you don't have to be perfect, you don't have to figure out all these things on your own while you're still single, but if you can start putting tools in your tool belt, read Robert Kiyosaki's book, rich dad, poor dad. If you can learn as much from other people who have done it well now while you're single, mm -hmm. listen to Dave Ramsey's podcast. That's inspiring. And this is why we encourage girls to not go to college mm -hmm. because going to college 
you're immediately going in, most of the time, unless you go on scholarship, you're going into debt. And it's really hard to come home from a job to be a homemaker, help meet, and have children when you are in a severe amount of debt. Yeah. Another side of that is that so many women think it's belittling or demeaning to be a homemaker when actually running a household economy is basically a middle management position with the amount of management skill that is required to run a household. The, the financial side, the logistical side, uh, the operational side, you know, procurement. There, there's so many things that you're it's constantly researching responsible job yeah. there's unlimited potential to learn things to do things projects that are available to you in a household the only limit you have is your own time really yeah and so you know to see the homemaker as a very dignified profession you know we've been going through our genealogies of of our great-grandparents and it's so cool to go see through these old census uh, listings and stuff and there's your great-great-grandmother and it's like what is their profession? And it's keeper of the home. Yeah, there's a lot to be done in the home. And so what are the things that you can learn now? And simple things like how to make your own laundry soap. Use the internet as a tool for you to get a vision. There's so many women out there that are sharing these free tips and skills. I'll list blogs in the description below that I have found to be really helpful if you need inspiration mm -hmm. or just to have a vision. Yeah, because so many people use the Proverbs 31 woman as a vision for careerism and boss babe stuff when actually the whole reason she could do all of those various things is because she was managing her household excellently her husband trusted fully in her she wanted to go do a project of course she wanted to go and buy this or sell that or do this or send these people there of course you know her husband trusted highly in her yeah and it says the heart of her husband trusts in her and he will have no lack of gain so think of yourself as becoming the trust worthy wife. It's important that when you're single to have a vision for these things because this is where you want to go. And this is the problem with our culture is have a backup plan, go to college to have a backup plan, have a career to have a backup plan. Yeah. It's like, no, we don't want to live for the backup plan. We want to cast a vision and start preparing ourselves for our deepest desire, which is to be a wife and a mother. And so the last thing on helpfulness of not doing your husband harm is to keep your purity. You know, a lot of uh, guys would like to marry a virgin. And so our culture, again, says that sex out of marriage is not a big thing. You just go ahead, go for it. It doesn't matter if, if you sleep around. It does matter. You know, statistically, marriages that are virgin marriages are 80 to 90% successful uh, over the long haul because there's a pair bonding that happens there. Whereas if there's multiple sexual partners, the pair bonding is, is broken. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if you have already crossed sexual boundaries, repent of that, ask the Lord for a second chance. And from now on, be pure in your heart, be committed to your husband, do your husband good all the days of his life, which starts even now before you've met him. It's important of who you hang around with. It's hard to keep this vision, keep your purity, if you're hanging around people who are encouraging you in the opposite direction of what we're talking about. Instead of hanging out with a bunch of single people who are living promiscuously, find married couples that have great marriages mm -hmm. and spend time with them. That's the vision that you want to have. You never know if they'll be the ones that end up introducing you to your future husband. Yeah. And why is it, why is it important? Why is virginity important? It's because if you go into a marriage with a guy with old hurts and bitterness and disappointment and regrets, you're going to carry that and put it onto your husband. 
no husband wants that. No husband wants you comparing him to someone else or wondering what if and all this kind of stuff or dealing with bitterness and resentment that you're now pushing onto him or, or to all men. Um, you know, it's very important um, as a woman to keep your virtue for your husband. All right, so we're going to move on to point number three, cheerfulness. So cheerfulness is a huge aspect of the biblical masculine and feminine dynamic. So as we've done in previous videos, you know, the secret to a happy marriage is, yes, sir, a cheerfulness to adapt yourself to your husband's needs, your husband's direction, your husband's vision. This is not the case in our modern culture. Our modern culture produces libertarian guys and feminist women, and the libertarian guy adapts himself to the woman. Like, how can I be cheerfully adaptive to my wife's needs? <laughs> yeah. How can I say yes, ma'am? How can I serve help you. her and serve her mission? And that's totally unbiblical. It's it's totally backwards. This is not to say, oh, I'm a tyrant who just hates her and abuses her. It's like, no, no, no. My wife is so valuable to me. It's this whole, this sexual market value. My wife is so valuable to me. I wish I had met her 10 years before I met her, you know, we, we have wasted time, nothing's wasted, but I'm, I'm just giving you the, 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 the point here is that my wife is so valuable to me, I wouldn't want to destroy a valuable part, a valuable treasure to me, something that's valuable to my life, helpful to my life, beautiful to me, I like to be around her, I like to have her in my life, you know, we often joke, there was this uh, Liz Warren, ask me anything on her uh, Facebook Live or whatever, she she had a beer and her husband walked into the kitchen and she's like, thank you for being here. At their home. At their home. And I was like, where is he supposed to be? <laughs> but we joke with each other so often, like, thank you for being here. Because, you know, for us, it's like, I like being around my wife. We do everything together. We'll drive to the post office together. We'll drive to the shop. I don't go in the shops. I hate shopping. But I'll drive to the shop and then my wife will go shopping and I'll be because on the phone. Because we like and, being together. Yeah, we like being together because she's valuable to me. Where was I going with this? Cheerfulness. So my wife, the main thing I was drawn to when I met her was her cheerfulness. We were in the middle of a dump, rubbish dump, smoke in the air, fly on the lip, <laughs> dirty everything. And there's this smiling, happy young lady. And I'm like, wow, she's really attractive. I'm attracted to her cheerfulness. As men, we are attracted to that. You know, she wasn't resting bitch face, sour, unhappy. I've got to go make her happy. No, no, no. Like, I don't want to have to make my wife happy. So this is the big issue yeah. of cheerfulness is emotional control. Yeah. And learning that getting married is not going to be the thing that makes you happy. If you expect to get married and that make you happy, you're going to be putting a burden on your husband that he can never fulfill. That can only ever be fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Jesus is the root of your cheerfulness, of your happiness, of your security. And so that is where you must put your foundation is on Jesus. And that's why you must get into the word because when you're in the word and you know the truth of who God is, then you can look at everything in life and remain cheerful. Hard things can come. I mean, even in marriage, things come up. Things are hard. I yeah, mean, outside pressures. Yeah, our own sin. But to to have this longevity of I will remain cheerful mm -hmm. in all things, and I will cheerfully help my husband in his mission and his purpose, even if the things that we're aspiring towards, trying to go towards, even if they don't happen. How do you remain cheerful? And that comes from being in the Word. It comes from knowing who Jesus is. It comes from making Jesus your husband first before you even get married. I had that moment in my early, well, I was 19, of 
this significant moment in my life where I realized Jesus is my eternal husband. And I even, I have my testimony video. I can link it below. It goes into much more detail. This is so important to bring in to your life even before you meet your husband, because then when you do meet your husband, you can take all that expectation off of him that he has to be perfect, that he has to get everything right. Yeah, he has to make me happy. He can never mess up. Because in the feminist culture we live in, that's our expectations. It's like, well, if I am going to get married, Mm -hmm. then he has to be this, this, this. He can't ever mess up. It's like, no, be quick to forgive. Be quick to humble yourself. Those are all the things that will make you a cheerful loving wife and start that again now and a big part of this is matthew 6 6 god who sees you in secret will reward you openly so many ladies growing up in the feminist frame have a huge issue with submission with submitting yourself to your husband as unto the lord but actually if you believe that god sees you in secret and will reward you openly then you can cheerfully submit to your husband because you know that it's god's problem right god is the one who will sort him out if he's if he's making the wrong decisions I am cheerfully submitting to him as unto the Lord. You know, if you cannot submit to your your husband who you do see, how can you submit to God who you don't see? Yeah. Uh, Elizabeth Elliot, she says, uh, she made a really good point of, you don't submit to someone when you agree with them. That's not submission. You submit when you are in a disagreement. So learning to humble yourself. And you can practice that now as a single girl in your relationship with the Lord. When God puts on your heart to do something that's uncomfortable or it's like, oh, I really don't want to do that. Or if there's a scripture that you read and it's like hit you in that stomach spot where it's like, oh, I know this is talking to me. And it's like, okay, I want to be cheerfully submissive to God. And so I'm going to have to get uncomfortable and yield myself to him. And so practicing those things now. We get so many comments on our like submission videos where it's like, I'm just going to go get raped or, you know, must be nice. Like if you, if. What if he abuses you? What if he abuses you? And it's like, oh, so you're saying that you cannot submit to your husband because you married a douche. Like you married a disrespectful abuser. (laughs) That's on you. You know, I can't submit to my husband because he's an abuser. It's like, why did you marry him? Have you got a problem with discernment? Have you got a problem with choosing? And did no one, did you not put yourself in a situation where your family was like, hey, don't marry him. Mm -hmm. He's abusive. (laughs) Yeah. Or put yourself in a place where, you know, you're getting to marry people where you are in community all the time, where you can go to your pastor or to your father or to his father and be like, he's abusing me. You know, I think it's just such a, it's such a tell on people when they object to submission because of who they're submitting to. And it's like, this is our big thing. You need to be in a And this will be in our next video, tips for dating and how to find a husband. (laughs) That's not going to abuse you. (laughs) Yeah, it's not funny. It's just funny that this is always what comes up when we talk about submission. It's like, oh, this is such a straw man. You're using such a straw man to take away from something that's very biblical that will actually greatly bless your marriage if you understand God's ways in this. Because men want to be respected. That's how we feel loved. Is, is to be respected. And so, so many of these feminist women who, who argue against submission actively disrespect their husbands. They're actively disloving their husbands, you know, and you wonder why marriages are terrible and why there's divorces and stuff. It's because there is no, there is no love for their husbands. 
And so tied with that is learning how to control your emotions and not let your emotions control you. This is huge because we are in a world where women are expected to be an emotional roller coaster and it's often blamed I'll say it's it's blamed on your hormones like oh it's that time of the month and it's like that's not funny we should be able to be in dominion over our emotions not our emotions in dominion over us and sometimes if you are someone who has that emotional spike or that you know one to 10 level, it very well could be your hormones. That could be it. So instead of being like, oh, it's my hormones, it's like, no, it's time to address your hormones. Like, get a Dutch test done and figure out, do you have way too much estrogen? Is your cortisol through the roof and you're running on your adrenals, which is destroying your adrenals? Don't just excuse if you are... Are you hungry or do you need sleep? Yeah, like there's practical things that you can do to yeah. prevent that. I Just the other day, I noticed I was having a bad attitude and it was because I wasn't all I had in the house was ingredients I hadn't had food made and I could feel myself getting that anxious angry feeling and it's like make food <laughs> put everything else down and make food and after I ate I'm like oh it really was I was just hungry and I didn't have food made and I had a thousand other things I was trying to get done it's like okay Learn those things and then learn how to manage those things so your emotions don't get out of control. No man wants to be around a woman who in a moment's notice can go from zero to 10 and it takes one little thing to set you off. And we've been there. I've been there. It's something that we've had to repent of, of me trying to please the upset woman and you falling to your emotions. And we both had to repent and be like, you've got dominion over your emotions and I'm not afraid of you sitting in your emotions if you need to yeah and you not accepting my emotions mm-hmm. as normal it's like this is this cannot be normal mm-hmm. to go from zero to 100 me being upset and you trying to appease the upset woman it's like this isn't how it's supposed to work yeah this is not a healthy way this is not how god made me god did not make me an upset woman yeah. <laughs> i am a cheerful woman but to realize those things that it's not normal to be an upset woman. And if you watch movies, if you watch TV, it's like joked about. They glorify it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that women are supposed to be this emotional mess. And it's, it's, if you watch young little girls, it's a tantrum. So how do you get what you want? It's with a tantrum. And so if fathers don't discipline that, Mm -hmm. they become 20, 30, 40, 50 year old women who have tantrums to control men. And so as a man, you have to learn not to be controlled by it. And then as a lady, you have to realize there's a better way. If my husband loves me, there's actually something called asking. Yeah. You know, and if it's not now, it's for my own good. So I need to obey that. I need yeah. to, to understand. To be okay with being told no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's actually okay if your husband says no. It's not the yeah. end of the world. <laughs> so just to understand what is happening there is that you're not in control of your emotions. And so that's something you need to ask the Lord. Like, Lord... Please help me take dominion over my emotions. Help me to be fathered where I wasn't fathered mm-hmm. and, and discipline and control my own emotions so that I can be cheerful no matter the circumstances. And if something does upset you or you feel like something is wrong, obviously Scott and I talk about everything. It's so funny when we talk about the submission stuff, people think we don't talk about things because I'm supposed to submit. We talk about everything. But there are times when it's like, you know what? Go to God in prayer. I can keep my mouth shut because what's going to come out of my mouth is not going to be good. It's not going to be nice. And those are the moments that it's like, 
I do need to learn to control my tongue and mm -hmm. to take a pause and to pray. <laughs> and how many times when you do that, you look back and you're like, oh, I'm so thankful because the moment that you use your words to cut through your husband, you've just separated intimacy where there could have been an intimate moment of praying together, of uh, trying to understand each other. The moment you use words, you've just totally separated intimacy. Yep. And that never feels good. You don't, after that moment, after you've said a harsh thing, you don't feel good. I don't know any time it's like, oh, like, glad I got that out. Actually, the moment when I've done that before, it's like, oh, why did I do that? And in those moments, it's important to immediately repent. And repent looks like God repenting to your husband and repenting to the Lord. Be like, please help me. This is not who you've made me to be. Help me to learn to control my thoughts, to control my tongue, and to um, have a good attitude. Yeah. The Proverbs talks about the contentious woman. You know, so no husband wants to live with a contentious woman. So if you're constantly contending and arguing and fighting with your husband, you know, the Bible says that that is, it's your husband doesn't want to live with you. Um, and so you need to get to this place, you know, because so many women are like, but if I don't fight, if I don't contend, if I don't burst out in anger, he doesn't ever do anything or he doesn't. You need to go to God with that. It says vengeance is the Lord's. God is the one who stirs hearts. God is the one who sees you and sees your need and will reward you openly. You have to go to God and say, Lord, I give this anger, this disappointment, this sorrow, whatever it is you're, you're feeling. It says in Peter 3, likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word. So when your husband's being a deadbeat, he's not being a man of the Lord, he's not being a high status guy, you know, all the things that all these women rail about of being angry with their husbands, even if he does not obey the word, that they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives, when they see your respectful and pure conduct. So, let the Lord win your husband's heart over to you. You know, a nagging, dripping tap, does it does not win your husband over to the Lord. Yeah, let the Lord be your vindicator. You know, the rest of this Peter 3 goes on and talks about beauty. And it's really interesting. Do not let your adorning be external. The braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear. It's everything we spoke about at first of just being, wanting to just be beautiful. Mm -hmm. But let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which in God's sight is very precious. For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. And you are her children, if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. Again, this is talking about controlling your fear, controlling your emotions. Likewise, husbands live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you in the grace of life so that your prayers may not be hindered. See, for me, it's, it is this whole thing of, I love and honor my wife because I want to understand her. It's not this thing of, I'm just a tyrant and, oh, she submits to me, now I can do what I want and I can steamroll her. The Lord will deal. Your prayers will be hindered. Yeah, my <laughs> prayers will be hindered, you know. So praise God. We hope this, this helps you just understand, ladies, that, you know, what are the things that can make yourself more beautiful, more helpful, more cheerful, and therefore more attractive uh, to the guys who will be around you. And we hope that this gives you a positive vision for marriage. So many people speak about marriage so badly, and marriage is good. It is good to want to be married. It is good to want to be a mother. And so we just bless you, and we pray that God directs your steps and leads you to a God-fearing husband. Amen. Praise God.
We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please leave us a review, and if you want to follow along on YouTube, our channel is Scott and Kelly, and my Instagram page is Home with Kelly, Kelly with an I. Thanks so much, and we hope you have a blessed day!